When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to this week's excerpt from the Dear Prudence podcast. To get the full-length members-only version every week, join Slate Plus at slate.com slash prudipod. Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the Dear Prudence show once again. And as always, I am your host, Dear Prudence, also known as Mallory Ortberg. This week in the studio with us, we have a uh, Dear Prudence celebrity. We have someone who's from every week's closing credits here in the studio, Steve Lichtai, uh, who's the executive director of Slate Podcasts. And I'm pretty jazzed uh, for the two of us to be able to give advice together. So many worlds converging. But first, oh, my friends. Oh, my sweet darlings, do we have something to talk about? Um, This week, while writing the live chat, I learned something. Uh, I became wiser. I became more experienced in the ways of the world because I was informed of something I did not previously know about. And let me tell you, it was a real doozy. Um, Somebody wrote in uh, because they had recently been asked to leave uh, a friend's child's birthday party because they had made a joke about birthday spankings. Friends, I had never heard of birthday spankings. I was not familiar with the concept of birthday spankings. If, like me, you hear the phrase birthday spankings and you think, that's not a thing, Uh, apparently it once was. It is a thing where adults, grown adult human beings, spank children, uh, not necessarily their own, apparently, on their birthday to, I guess, commemorate the fact that it is their birthday. They spank them. Uh, once for each year they have been alive. Uh, This was something human beings once did to each other. They don't now quite so much, um, which I think is probably for the best. Um, And and I managed to to talk about that in the column about how probably um, this person is probably not a a monster who wishes to strike children, but uh, was definitely guilty of not reading a room well, um, not apologizing when they had the opportunity, and just in general kind of making an inappropriate comment about a little girl. Uh, And I, I, I should have realized... Whenever you talk about some kind of big cultural shift, like the fact that spanking and and corporal punishment used to be more prevalent in, you know, mainstream American culture 20 and 30 and 40 years ago than it is now, um, what you are going to get is a lot of emails from people who want to let you know that they got spanked and they're fine. Um, So now my inbox is jam-packed with emails from mostly uh, middle-aged men who really want to let me know that they were spanked as children. Uh, especially on their birthday, and they found it really fun. They really enjoyed it, and they've turned out great. Um, there's not a whole lot I can say to that other than, thanks, man, I'm, I'm glad you're doing well, uh, because I am. I am glad that you're doing well. Um, but I also don't, there's not a lot I can do about that, except I guess just like hold that information. And like now I know something else, which is that like Dave from Phoenix enjoyed getting spanked on his birthday. Thanks, Dave. Um, And that is, I think, always kind of fascinating when we talk about shifting norms, right? Like time only moves in one direction. It moves forwards. Things change. It doesn't always mean that the thing that people used to do that they don't do now meant everyone who did it was a monster and everyone who doesn't is enlightened and good. Um, 
you know, part of what changing norms means is it's not necessarily something that was objectively bad. Like, I don't know, littering. It's good that we litter less now. That was objectively bad. Uh, and it's good to do less of it now or for it to be less socially acceptable. Um, but sometimes things just change. Like people used to get really dressed up to, to fly on an airplane and now we mostly don't. Um, and you can sort of wish that things were different. You yourself can choose to uh, dress up uh, when you fly on an airplane, but we're not going to go back to those days uh, when everyone was festooned with pumps and pocket squares and fedoras and whatnot. Um, those days are gone. Uh, and it's kind of like that with something like birthday spanking. You know, when spanking was more of a uh, overt and accepted part of our society, it was fine to have a sort of lighthearted birthday spanking tradition because everyone was on at least a similar page uh, about spanking. Uh, and now we're not. And so now joking about something that a lot of people no longer do and, and think it is good not to do to children, uh, that shit doesn't fly. Um, and that's just reality. Uh, time moves on. Things change. Um, and even if you were spanked as a child and you turned out well, it's not necessarily because you were spanked. Um, and if nothing else, please, you don't have to tell me that you enjoyed being spanked. You can just quietly think that to yourself um, and maybe delete that email. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing all right, but, uh, you know, there's really nothing I can do with the information that you guys are sending me right now. So uh, with that said, I think we should dive right into this week's uh, podcast. And uh, on that jarring note. Steve, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. I have to tell you, I was birthday spanked. Were you? Yes, I, it was a thing. Um, wow. I'm a, I guess, <clears throat> I hate to, saying this is going to really hurt. I am a middle-aged man. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but you didn't email me of, about this, so you're doing great. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I can. Would you like me to? I can I, tell you all the details. I, I, I just told everyone to cut it out, so don't. <laughs> I was... Um, you know, and these were not vicious, monstrous spankings. These sure. were um, taps, love taps, if you will. Great. Um, where they, so say you're uh, turning eight, you would get eight and then a ninth one, it, it was one to grow on. One to grow on. What, okay, so uh, uh, bearing in mind, this is totally anecdotal. Um, you grew up in 70s, Can 80s? Uh, 70s uh -huh. in, in rural Kansas. What age did it become pretty like? you don't birthday spank this person anymore? Like, was it 12, 13, 15, 20? Like, did people do it to adults? Yeah, they did. In fact, uh, there's home movies of my mother being spanked <laughs> by my I'm siblings. I'm sorry, I've never um, snorted on this podcast. <laughs> so you, I think what happened is this. You're, you, you're spanked as a child uh -huh. uh, at your birthday. And then when you hit sort of high school and into college age, you are spanked um, by your peers. Okay. And then as you grow older and become like a mother or whatever, then it reverts back and then your children spank you. Your children? Wait, so birthday spankings are like reciprocal across generations? Well, at least where, where I grew up. I don't know if it's true across uh, other other uh, places, but <sighs> that's what I remember as a child. This is remarkable. It was a, it was a loving gesture. It was... Seen as, it's interesting too, because, you know, spanking was part of my childhood growing up. I mean, I was spanked mm -hmm. for punishment. Guys, this so, is the greatest episode of the show we've ever done. And from now on, I'm going to ask everybody about their experience <laughs> with birthday spankings. Please continue, Steve, I, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I'm just, so I, it, I guess now I think, wow, what a mixed message this birthday spanking is sending. Uh, now that I look back on it as an adult, because I'd be spanked for doing something wrong. And then on my birthday, this joyous occasion, I was also spanked. So... I think I actually have something in my own life that I can kind of compare this to, um, which I feel very excited about. And that is that when I was growing up, uh, if you in the summertime, if you were having pool parties, it was not uncommon to unexpectedly push somebody in the pool like as a joke. Um, right. and, and that was like right up until the middle of high school. Definitely um, like it's for sure horseplay. Uh, you're probably not supposed to throw people in pools. It could be dangerous, but definitely something we all did. And then right around the middle of high school is when everyone started getting cell phones. Um, and mm. now I would never push someone in the pool because there's a decent chance they have a $500 computer in their pocket. Um, and if I push them in the pool, uh, I, I will have just like fucked up their entire social, social and professional life for the next couple of days until they can get a new phone. So technology save, is saving millions of teenagers from being humiliated 
at the right because again you're not a monster for pushing people in the pool when it's kind of a norm but now that that's shifted like if i were to do that at a pool party tomorrow it would be really weird because we seem to have all stopped doing that as a society and it would be jarring like i imagine uh you know you probably uh, grew up in a situation where like spanking was fairly normal but like if you were at a children's birthday party now probably steve i don't think you would say let's bring back birthday spankings um, oh, right. I forgot the original context of this is that someone brought this up at a children's birthday party. Yeah, like in the, the year of our Lord 2017, not like yeah, in the 70s now. That ain't going to fly uh, on the East Coast. Like that may still be a deal, you know, in Kansas. Sure. Uh, I mean, spanking is not illegal. It has not been completely like universally wiped out. But generally speaking, uh, in this country, it's not... You wouldn't go on the news and talk about how great spanking your kids was. No. Probably. And I would never like, bring it up at a birthday party. As right. Because you a understand people anything. have some very strong opinions about it. So there's that kind Absolutely. of bad judgment of, like, I think most adults are pretty aware that spanking does not mean what it did in the 1970s. And I, and I wouldn't push someone in a pool. Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't FYI. do that either. I would have done that at 13. I would have thought it was very funny. Um, and mm-hmm. now as an adult, first of all, there's the phones. Then I also kind of understand some people really hate it. Some people find it really embarrassing. I didn't feel yep. that way, but my experience is not universally applicable, um, which I think is probably just the letter, the, the, the lesson of that letter, right? Is that if you enjoyed something, it does not necessarily follow that everyone else enjoys it. Because I bet you did not think that I was going to say I was the recipient of birthday spankings. Not, we don't know each other particularly well. We are not I'm close, sure you, were you like, and I. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, but you're thinking, Steve Lichtai wasn't spanked on his birthday, probably. <laughs> but now I, I know that. I guess I could go, I don't know, get a journal of things I now know about spankings and just add that to all the other data points that I've been given this week. I, I would read that journal. <laughs> Steve, we got we to gotta answer some questions, my man. This is the greatest okay. day of my life. I cannot tell you how much I've thoroughly enjoyed this weird, weird introduction. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So uh, let's totally leave that behind us. Let's move forward into the future. Time only moves in one direction. Will you yes. please do us the honor of reading the very first letter? I, I will. Last summer, I was one of four interns at a medium-sized, nationally known company. One employee, Brian, was very popular within the company. We got along well until he made several perplexing comments to me in front of other interns, including, you used to like me, but you're over me now. And see, this is why we can never be together. Once he touched my back when he walked past. Brian and other employees would often go to a nearby shop for lunch and bring food back to eat at their desk. One day, we both coincidentally went to this shop at the same time, and he tried to convince me to stay and eat with him, which he never did with other employees. After my internship, he tried adding me on several social media networks. Brian has a wife and two kids, who I've met. Having previously been assaulted and stalked, I became extremely leery of Brian and avoided him. What troubles me is that I never told HR. Brian is a good employee and well-liked, so I think people would disapprove of my accusations. And with my past, I may be overreacting. But I also worry that a less cautious future intern would find themselves in trouble. I no longer work there. Is this too little too late or worth telling an HR rep? I'm still in college and unsure how involved will I have to be. Help. Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned you thought this was an interesting letter. Uh, and I found it interesting, too, because it, it there's certainly no smoking gun in either direction where I'd feel really confident saying you're definitely overreacting or Brian definitely knowingly and intentionally crossed a line. Was that kind of your read right. on it as well? Yeah. M- men are awful. Okay. Let me just say that. Okay. We have this problem of, of, and I say, I'm speaking very generally here, of course. Right. But this, I know this Brian guy, like I've seen this guy. He, I've worked with this guy. Um, they, they think that they are, uh, you know, as, as attractive in a, in some way, whether it's physically or, or through personality to this younger, I'm assuming this intern is much younger than, they, they, than she Brian. says that she was in, co- that she's still in college. Um, yeah. So I, fairly, to be fair, I don't think that they actually mentioned their gender. I, based on the situation, I assume that this is a woman, and I think that's probably the case. But you know what? You're right. But but I think guys like this think that they are 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 you know somehow uh, att- attractive to to younger people. 
uh, and they push things to a certain boundary and knowing that it's, it's sort of tantalizing and titillating for them. Mm-hmm. And they know that they, or they believe and hope that it will never go beyond that. But once he starts trying to add like the social media network stuff, I mean, the comments are awful. The social media thing is one step too far. The touching on the back is, you know, please. So I, I think he didn't, but you're right. There's no smoking gun here. It's, he's really an annoyance. Uh, mm-hmm. More than anything, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that she needs to necessarily go to HR about this. I, I don't think that she should. Yeah, I, I think my first thought is, how would it help you or would having that information on file be useful in the future if he did cross a line more overtly with someone else? Um, so, you know, letter writer, I think on the one hand... Um, uh, which is not to say that you should never do something if it doesn't directly benefit you, but that's something to bear in mind. This will not help you in that company. And it is possible if it got back to Brian, if he figured out who uh, had possibly registered some sort of complaint or note, um, that that could potentially hurt your chances depending on how influential he is in his field. So that's that's a relevant data point. Um, the other is if you are not filing a claim yourself, um, I'm not sure how useful HR is in that department. I think HR is very limited in terms of what they can do. Um, and again, that's not to say it's never worth doing this sort of thing, but I think to bear in mind, if you did get in touch with them and just say, hey, I, I've been thinking about this. I realize that this may be really uncomfortable. And I just wanted to like um, let it be known in case something like this comes up again with a future intern um, so that there is a, a record on file. Um they may write it down. They they may not. They may bear it in mind. They may not. Um, so just to bear that in mind, I think. But yeah, the, the tricky thing, all of these are things that could have been said by a generally well-intentioned person with a slightly skewed sense of boundaries. They could have been said by someone who generally has a pretty uh, appropriate set of boundaries at work, um, but periodically crosses a line. Or they could have been said by somebody who knows exactly what they're doing and uh, is is predatory, right? There's this sort of little, um, like when a shark attacks, first it will kind of bump up against you just to sort of gauge um, whether or not you'd be like an effective victim. And so a lot of the times, like people who are predatory at work will start with something that's like, wait, what was that? And it's very plausibly deniable. And all of the little things they've said or done by themselves don't add up to like a total violation of appropriate behavior uh, because they know that if they opened with that, more people would report them and they would get in trouble. So they start small. And if you weren't receptive to or didn't seem like nervous or overshadowed or receptive to those, then they might back off such that you would always wonder, did I make that up? Did I invent that in my head? Meanwhile, they are on to their next victim because they're playing a numbers game, um, repeating the behavior until they get the response that they're looking for. And that's when they cross the line. So uh, just to put that out there again, um, I can see ways in which the things he said would have been like inappropriate in the moment, but not necessarily part of a pattern of being predatory. Um, I can see other versions where he's doing exactly what he wants to do on purpose to try to see if he can, you know, um, cross a line with you. It's just hard to gauge. Um, I think and there's a chance that he's, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, there's a chance that he's, that he might really be clueless mm-hmm. uh, and think that he is just being fun and funny. Uh, the social media thing may be the thing that crosses the line because I'm I, as a as a man of a certain age. I'm very aware of. I work with a lot of younger people, male, female. I I'm very leery of the friending right. on Facebook. And yeah, and I'm so aware there are some professions where social media is a bigger part of it. But again, that wouldn't necessarily then be the sort of profession where you would only add someone after you stopped working together. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess what I, I would say is he's not necessarily. I I, I can't tell you whether or not he is a predator, it's fine to be uncomfortable with the things that he said. And it's fine to reject his uh, uh, social media advances. Um, And if all you want to do is get in touch with HR and say, you know, an employee said the following things that made me feel uncomfortable. You know, I'm no longer there. I'm okay. It wasn't anything totally overt. um, But I just want this to be on record so that, you know, in case it comes up again, the company is aware that he's come close to crossing a line before. Um, I think that's something you can do. Um, I, I think you should sort of ask yourself, uh, does it feel worth it to you to um, kind of revisit that old experience at that old company? Um, 
But yes, I think you could do that if you wanted to. I think that I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it would be, does it change anything if Brian was the same age as this letter writer or, you know, a, a fellow intern uh, and doing these exact same things? I, I think so. I think, you know, whenever there's a big power imbalance, that always affects how you read a situation. And if this was another college age person, I think maybe a more appropriate response would be, um, you know, please don't joke about a, a possible romantic connection between us at work. That makes me uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, turning down the friend request is thanks, but, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in developing friendships with my coworkers. Um, yeah. That would maybe be a more appropriate response. Uh, because again, like as you're, if you're a younger person, you are sort of learning the ropes of how to behave professionally. Um, and, and they do not necessarily have the power to either fire you or help you advance in your career. But the difference between that and a, like a, a middle-aged popular employee um, who does have a certain degree of job security, especially in comparison with an intern, um, you should know better than to um, kind of joke about, uh, again, like, you know, I can understand like some colleagues who are maybe friendly with one another kind of joking like, oh, this is why we could never be together. It's maybe not the most appropriate thing in the world, you can say, um, but it could happen. But that's like, uh, you know, pretty unequivocally, like not a great thing to say about your college age intern. You know, just yeah. don't joke about dating your interns. Uh, that's I think that's a good rule of life, especially when you are like married and middle aged. Don't don't do it. It's yeah. good advice. Yeah. So I, I think I would come down on you can. Uh, I definitely don't think anything will come of it. But I also don't think that uh, this could necessarily like torpedo your career. Um, it might give you some increased peace of mind. You can also feel free if people ask you what your internship was like, um, especially if they're considering working there. You, you know, you could say uh, I had a pretty positive experience. There was one male employee who a couple of times said or did something that made me feel a little uncomfortable. Um, and I would keep a, a weather eye out for him. Um, and I think that that's, you know, uh, fair, it's specific to your own experience. It might make you feel a little bit like you were helping other people make great decisions about how to look out for themselves. And um, yeah, yeah. And just good luck. I'm glad you're no longer there. And I'm glad that he didn't escalate any further and that he seems to have backed off now. All that's really good. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, and I'm excited to move on to the next letter. Uh, I love... Every once in a while, addressing questions about adult birthday parties, because uh, I feel like I can bring someone the gift of a certain sort of freedom. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and did I read the last letter? Who did? I think I did. You read this next one. All right. Steve, do it. All right. I'm doing it. Awesome. I just had my 50th birthday party this weekend. One set of cousins canceled 15 minutes before the party was supposed to start with an incredibly ridiculous excuse. And one friend did not call and did not show, and I haven't heard from her in response to a text. Another no-show called three days after the party with an okay excuse for not showing, but no explanation as to why she couldn't call before the party. I'm furious. Since this was at a restaurant, it cost me for their meals. I am trying to talk myself out of sending them a bill, exploding at them, or pulling the same stunt on the next invitation they send me. What is the best response to this kind of rudeness? Well, I can tell you three responses that are not the best uh number one sending your friends a bill number two exploding at them or number three uh returning the favor the next time they have a party so those are not (laughs) your three best options Uh, i'm happy to be able to tell you at least you should not do those things steve what are your opinions on like adult birthday parties and that kind of real sense of my birthday someone messed up on my birthday um yeah what are your thoughts yeah well so this is so I just had a milestone birthday with my wife who turned 40. Congratulations. Um thank you and to her, you know. Uh she and we had a kind of a big uh we had a big party for her uh and we we were very aware that you're asking a lot of people to come to an event like this. We we did not you know we 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 covered the bill so it wasn't that anybody had to pay anything sure. but we did ask them to come to a thing and for a lot of our peers get babysitters and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
and you know, some people, uh, very few people didn't show, but a couple of people didn't show, but they did definitely give, um, you know, reasonable excuses or whatever, not even reasonable. They just gave it's fine. They gave an excuse and we we're like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We were reasonable people in that regard about this. Um, and you know, I'm coming up on 50 in a couple of years. Uh, and so I'll probably have a thing maybe. Sure. Um, I don't know, but I feel like it's a little bit like you don't get anything in between, right? right. It's like you get the big ones. You get like the, 30, the 40, 50. Bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then after a certain time, you know, that you're, you get to be president, right? And kill someone, I think is the thing he ends up with. <laughs> I think um, so too. If you get to be 120 or something. Um, so I, I think that this, this letter writer is completely overreacting. I'm sorry to say, I don't mean to be so blunt, but this is... I, too bad. Yeah. This happened. <laughs> move. You got to move on. I mean, I think it is rude of some of the people, certainly, but I, I, I think you just have to say, you know, some people just do things like this and there's, there's no way around it. And I still, hopefully still had a great time and that a lot of great friends showed up, I, I'm assuming, and I'm hoping. Yeah. And that a few people didn't make it. So be it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll soft pedal years, maybe 15%. Um, but I, right. I'm generally on, on your side, which is, yeah, absolutely. I think as an adult, um, it's great. I think if generally the people in your life make you feel loved and celebrated, if they don't make a big fuss over your birthday, um, or even the moderate fuss that you wish they would, um, then that is okay. Like if, if there's a bigger question of like the people in my life are always disappointing me, they never show up. I do all this for them. They never return the favor. Great. Address that. But like, if it's just someone didn't come to your birthday dinner, um, you know, you are not 11 years old. Your dad didn't just like fail to attend your softball game. This isn't a movie where you had to blow out the candles by yourself on a cake. Like you're okay. Um, so, uh, you know, 50 is kind of a, a big deal. I get that. But uh, yeah, again, I don't think that this is like the worst thing that one person can do to the other. Um, if, you know, if you feel so moved when you are able to have a rational conversation like when you are not at the level where you want to send somebody a bill. Um, oh, and first of all, uh, you know, in the future, it sounds like maybe you like prepaid for a set menu. Um, may maybe don't do that in the future. Maybe uh, maybe find an alternate way of uh, arranging things where you are not on the hook for something if somebody can't come at the last minute. It sounds like that was really stressful and frustrating for you. So consider doing something different the next time you try to throw a party. Um, but yeah, like the cousins who had a ridiculous excuse, if you guys are fairly close, like wait until you are feeling a little less, um, enraged and just say, Hey, I just want you to know, uh, it really hurt my feelings. Um, when you canceled last minute for my birthday party, um, it seemed kind of implausible and it hurt my feelings. Um, that, that is an okay thing to say. It is okay to say I am disappointed. I am hurt. It's not okay Absolutely. to explode. Um, that's right. That's right. I agree yeah. with you on that yeah. for sure. And, and, she should be able to talk to her cousins about that. Yeah. And it sounds like there were three people who didn't show up. Uh, oh no, maybe possibly four. One friend didn't call and didn't show and you haven't heard from her in response to a text. Uh, yeah. I think that's, you know, it's possible. Again, I'm totally speculating. It's possible. There's been something going on between the two of you and this friend has felt the need to distance herself. Um, and that, that's worth investigating, but absolutely like, um, you know, you can't hunt her down if she doesn't want to talk, she doesn't want to talk and you'll have to accept. It seems like she maybe does not want to continue being friends, but, um, you can absolutely call and say like, Hey, uh, you didn't show up to my birthday and I haven't heard from you. And, uh, I'm kind of worried. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Um, um, I'm feeling kind of adrift here. That's totally okay to say. That's not ridiculous. You're not being selfish. You're not throwing a tantrum. Um, but sending a bill, that is too much. Exploding is too much. Um, you're allowed to be hurt. But this is also something that happens. This is like a friendship misdemeanor, not a felony. And can I can I speculate too? S speculate <laughs> I away. I like speculating. Absolutely. Um, so she's at this a 50th birthday party. I'm he or she. We actually don't know. Oh, he or she. Yeah. The letter writer says 50th birthday party. Uh I'm assuming that it was probably a fairly big event, like mm -hmm. several, it wasn't just close friends, maybe 20 or 25 people, which you tend to spread out like, oh, I knew that person 10 years ago. I'm going to invite them to my 50th birthday party, or they've been in my life for a long time, but we're not particularly close right now. And I think there's one thing that comes up uh, that's possible here is that some of these, the friend who didn't call and didn't show, you know, there's, they may have like social anxiety uh, they may have felt like, oh gosh, I don't really know this person like I used to. I just, I'm not going to go. Oh, I'm totally um, going to call bullshit on this speculation. If that's something you've got going on, 
then don't accept the invitation, RSVP maybe, not yes, or tell your friend and say, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not doing well today. Sorry, Steve. I'm not on board I don't with know. this one. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I do know people that have done this mm-hmm. uh, that are like, oh, my God, I can't go because I don't. I'm, I have social anxiety issues and I can't make it. Um, I'm not saying it's right. Sure. I'm just saying that may have happened. Sure. Uh, and then the other, the three-day party, no, I, I guess what I'm getting at here is these people seem from this very short letter to me as outliers in this person's life. Right, right. This was not like and nobody not close, came. Right. Even these cousins may seem like outliers to me that they're, I don't know. I, I get a feeling that this wasn't, uh, if these were her very... I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep saying her. It could be a man. Sure. I'm awful. This is men are awful. You uh, you don't have to flagellate yourself anymore, Steve. I promise. I, I Although you're to. welcome to if my, you need to. I will continue to do so. All right. Uh, that these people are outliers, and um, and maybe if if they were close to this person, uh, then this letter writer could say to them what they're feeling. But yeah. because they're not close, they can't. Yeah. And so that's why they're so upset. Man. All right. Well, uh, I think we have answered that as best as we can. Uh, and I'm really excited about this next one because this is just the right amount of petty that I'm like, oh, I could talk about this for 100 years. Um, this is the most important thing and we need to fix this. So the subject line of this one is just living with mom as an adult. I am an adult temporarily living with my mom, paying a very reduced rent. I'm leaving in August and paying $200 a month until then. I am finding myself frustrated on a regular basis by some of my mom's quirks. One of them is that while I will spend quite a bit of time cleaning and loading both of our dishes, she's one of those people who believes you need to pre-wash dishes before putting them in the dishwasher, my mother will come by, turn the machine on, and then later make a big deal about how she already did the work of running the dishwasher, so the least I can do is put them all away after. Drives me nuts. I'm looking for validation that A, it is indeed bananas to act as though literally just pressing a button is equal work to washing, loading, and putting away dishes, but also validation that B, I just need to let it go because I forfeited any right to feel irritated by moving in here. Also, do you have any tips on easing dish dispute related frustration? This is great. This is I, I love it when somebody has a really clear sense of what they want from me. And I like that this is just, look, tell me I'm right, but that I need to go along to get along anyways, uh, <laughs> which is fabulous. I, I actually, uh, I'm going to throw this out there. I might be a little bit more on the side of your mother. Not in the pushing a button is the same thing as unloading the dishwasher. But uh, I also rinse off my dishes before I put them in the dishwasher. Um, because, uh, you know, not all dishwashers are incredibly powerful. And sometimes it's really frustrating if you put everything through the wash and then they come out still with like some food crust on it. And that's no fun. That's right. Do you do you I'm wash so... your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher? You know, I I don't because I feel like that's the job of the dishwasher. But my well, wife. Well, if your does, dishwasher does that, that's great. Like it if doesn't. your dishwasher is that doesn't powerful, it doesn't do that. It doesn't. It should do that. That's what I'm saying. So your it dishes are coming that. out it of the dishwasher still dirty, and you have to wash them again. Uh, not not all of them, but um, like regularly, a, like some every no, cycle. No, it's a problem. It's a problem that I don't. I. It's something I need to. I need to look inside myself and. Decide Steve, why I need to I drill this down. This. Exactly how often are you opening your dishwasher and finding still <laughs> dirty dishes inside? 10% of the time? 20? Uh, 20 to 30% of the time. That's a problem, my man. That's a problem. Yeah, okay. you got to get your act together. And they're the dishes that I don't rinse off. Yeah, and it's it's, it's harder because they've been through a drying cycle. So now that it's crusted on even more intensely. Yeah, Steve, get get your life I, together. I, I have to say, it, 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 at the risk of this sounding like a Seinfeld episode... There's something really wrong with washing your dish before you put it in the thing that washes your dish. Sure. But you know what, Steve? You're never going to win this argument with your dishwasher because your dishwasher is just going to keep being a dishwasher and you're a human being and only one of those things is capable of change. Well, that's Steve, you're almost 50. You can't fight your dishwasher for the rest (laughs) of your life. You need a better nemesis. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Damn! What am I gonna do? I, I turn your life around. Rinse your dishes off. Before <laughs> I've you put staked them in the so much on that. Just, no, I, I uh, totally hear that. I, I am locked in an eternal battle with my dishwasher too. This is about the death of the ego, Steve. Uh, you just yes, like next right. time that you're faced with your sink, just think I'm gonna die. After I die, I'll be forgotten. <laughs> um, and in a hundred years, uh, it will be as if I was never here. I accept that today, just for today. I accept it. Um, the dishwasher has won. Um, I will rinse the dishes, I will diminish, I will go into the West, and the sun's going to rise tomorrow, and that's okay. But maybe they'll launch this podcast into space. Maybe they'll launch this podcast into space where no one will listen to it. Um, (laughs) There's no guarantee that this is going to be a popular podcast in space. Um, 
We are getting far afield, which is yeah, this sorry. letter writer. Uh, How old do you think this letter writer is? Mm, this sounds like maybe a post-college thing. Um, but this could be, honestly, this letter writer could be 60 years old. This is an eternal battle between parents That's and children. True. <laughs> and his 90-year-old mother is, Absolutely. is on his case, on her his or her case. Yeah. I mean, yes, letter writer, uh, I, I am here to validate you that it is bonkers. Um, if your mom is not loading and preparing the dishwasher, she's just throwing in the soap and pressing a button. That is not the equivalent. Um, that said, as you know. Um, I do think this is worth letting go. I think that if you spend a lot of your time living with your mom, um, arguing, you know, down to like a tenth of a decimal point, who's doing the majority of the dishwasher work, you're going to feel frustrated and like you always need to be keeping score. And I think a better approach um, is to think I'm getting incredibly reduced rent. And also this person probably spent a lot of my childhood doing my dishes for me on my behalf. Mm. Um, I am going to until August uh, do maybe 40% more dishwashing than I would otherwise. And that is an acceptable compromise. I think that's exactly right. I, you know, I, I'm a father of two children. Um, they're young now, but they will one day not be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think about, and I'm not bitter, but I do a lot for them. Yeah. And I'm thinking one day they may move back home. God forbid. And, and I will expect a great deal of them. Absolutely. Frankly. Yeah. And Time to pay I may up, not kids. Give them reduced rent. Yep. Yes, exactly. Do it or get out. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll see how that goes. But I think that, I think you got to, this person needs to, to just suck it up. Yep. And, you know, I wouldn't advise this to everyone in a similar situation. There's a lot that this is dependent on. But I would say, as a matter of fact, like if she says that to you, cheerfully just say like, absolutely, mom, happy to. Uh, and in fact, you can even forestall this. I pressed the button. So now it's your turn um, by doing it before she gets a chance to say that, like, take away that moment um, so that instead of feeling pushed into doing a chore like you're 15 and dragging your feet, um, you are instead like doing above and beyond and you're like the really helpful person in the house and you're just like Psh, the dishes are already put away what are you talking about i'm I'm on it um and and you may find that that feels nicer um so give it a shot and yeah everyone rinse your dishes a little bit i'm not saying you have to like immerse them in sudsy boiling water and like scrub them clean and then put them in the dishwasher just you know hit them with the faucet for a minute well there's no just just to defend my laziness sure there's no chunks of food on right you're not just like taking them directly from the table not even bothering to scrape them and throwing them in the dish right right there's just right. residue yeah i hear you i yeah, hear okay. you okay so we will upgrade you to just like garden variety kind of lazy human as opposed to just like totally feral all right i can live with that yeah. <laughs> good glad to hear it anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect define an opportunity imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now identify a problem creating an audio ad is time consuming offer a solution utilize cutting edge ai imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds well we did to create this ad to learn more about ai in the audio industry download the white paper from audiostack.ai all right, we've got two more uh, voicemails. Again, this is two weeks in a row now that I've recorded voicemails, and I'm very proud of myself. Hey, Prudence. I'm 52 years old, been married 30 years this year, have two kids, 19 and 16. I've already told my husband I'm gay slash lesbian. I already told my kids back in November. And I'm trying to figure out... I hate doing damage to them. I care about them, but my husband and I have been like roommates for... 10, 15 years, and there's, you know, we're just a roommate relationship. I'm just trying to figure out how to leave this marriage without destroying my 16-year-old who's left at the house. Man, um, this one gets me. This is just painful, huge stuff. And, like, I'm just so, like, congratulations, first of all, on coming out and, like, coming to that understanding of yourself. And also, I'm just so sorry that you and your family are going through this right now. Um, and it sounds like it's painful. And it sounds like I could hear a lot of pain in your voice, like you're really afraid of um, damaging your kids. And um, uh, just, I just feel for you, I guess, is kind of what I want to open with. Um, I think 
One thing that is great to do uh, is to, and I say this all the time on the show, um, take your 16-year-old to therapy. Um, find like a, a an LGBT-friendly therapist, obviously, but like this is, you know, 16 is a pretty uh, significant age to have your parents go through a divorce and to have your parents go through a divorce because um, of somebody's sexuality is also pretty big. Um, and I think it, it will do, I mean, both, I, I would recommend you to to, to help your 19-year-old as well, but, you know, um, if they don't live with you or if, if they're more financially independent or, or if they don't want to, I think... Um, it's a really good idea to maybe even go to family counseling together um, over the next couple of months just to kind of talk through um, like what everyone's thinking and feeling and what they're afraid of and what's painful and what's difficult. Like, I think that would be really, really helpful, um, even though your goal is not staying in this marriage. Um, I think even to go to family counseling with the goal of getting divorced as well and as amicably as you can and then kind of paying attention to what your kids are going through, I think that will be really helpful to them. Um, Steve, I don't know if you had any kind of thoughts to jump in with or. Yeah, I, I mean, I really feel for her this, um, not only is it a divorce, but then there's sort of this coming to terms with her sexuality, um, which she sounds like she has for some time Mm -hmm. known this about herself, but it's not just leaving, uh, a marriage to carry on as a, as a heterosexual into another relationship or as a single person. But now she's, she's seeing, she's seeing herself as, as a lesbian. I mean, right. and, and, and living that life, which and you're right that the kids are probably have a little bit of whiplash um, over that, or as kids tend to be very perceptive, uh, saw this coming, you know, um, years ago, or we had a real sense of it. I don't know from this note or from this voicemail, um, what the husband's feelings or reactions are here, but my, my general feeling about this is she owes it to herself to be happy. Mm -hmm. She, uh, is not doing her husband or her children any favors by staying in this uh, marriage that does not allow her to be who she is. Um, that initial moment of ripping off the bandaid and, 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 you know, walking out the door, um, is hard, but in the, in the long run, I feel like it will end up being a good thing for the family. Um, especially if she embraces her, uh, life post marriage and lives it to the fullest and becomes this person that she wants to be, then that'll be not only a good model for her children, uh, but it will be good for her, uh, overall life going forward. She's young, you know, 52. She's got many years ahead of her. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I feel bad for the husband. I don't know again, like what he's feeling, if he sees this as well, or if he's oblivious to it, but, uh, you know, two unhappy people together is not a good thing. Uh, right. and it never creates a good situation across the, you know, think about the unhappy holidays that they all have to look forward to together. Right. Uh, you know, so on and so forth. So I, 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 I think she needs, I love that she's thinking about her kid yep. uh, here, but she ultimately needs to think about herself yep. uh, in the situation and and make that step out uh, and, and do it efficiently and quickly while still maintaining a sense of, you know, of thinking about the others in the family. Right. And, you know, you already came out to your kids and your husband back in November. Like, that's huge. So um, I think that that's, it's, it's wonderful that you've already taken that first step. And now, uh, as you think through how to prepare them for uh, presumably eventually no longer having a roommate relationship, having a co-parenting relationship, hopefully having as, um, you know, respectful and affectionate uh, co-parenting relationship as is possible. But um, I also just want to throw this out there. I know we talk a lot kind of when we are talking to somebody who is on the process, like on the verge of getting divorced um, and we'll say something like, it's more important for kids to have two happy parents. Um, if, if being together and being happy is impossible, it's better for the kids uh, for you to separate. And I do think that there's a lot of truth to that. But I also I also think sometimes we say that because we want to move past the discomfort of um, all the potential responses that kids can have to divorce. And I think it's in part because we don't want to make it sound like we're saying to somebody, you're not allowed to get divorced because it might hurt your kid. So just suck it up and, and suffer. And that's not what we're trying to say. But uh, I do want to acknowledge the possibility, like this, this, this um, call, talked about worrying about destroying her 16-year-old, which suggests that her 16-year-old's response has not been totally, like, zen and fully self-actualized in, like, a 45-year-old's response. Like, it's not like, oh, good for you. This is obviously painful, but I know we'll all get through it. Like, they're probably responding like a 16-year-old, which is to say, badly. Um, 
And and just to be aware, like, it may be true that your kid was – the difference between having parents who act like roommates and having parents who are divorced and one of them is now an out lesbian, like, that's a big change, uh, especially for the kid because the kid was not involved in that aspect of your marriage. So, you know, if, if you're getting a response from your kid that's like, why can't you just stay roommates? I was fine with that. That worked for me. Um, I, I just kind of want to acknowledge that possibility, that that may be a response that you're getting from your kid. Um, and I think to bear in mind both that – Absolutely. There's no way this is going to be the best experience of your kid's life. This is not going to be the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, That said, um, this is also something that you guys can get through, that people have gotten through this exact situation before, um, and that it is possible um, to get to the other side of this, to have a a loving and an affectionate relationship with all of your family members, um, and for the divorce to not be the most traumatizing thing uh, in your son's life. Like Those are all possible things. Get get yourself to PFLAG, uh, if there's a PFLAG chapter uh, near you, so that your, your kids can see other kids who are going through something similar, and maybe share about that in peer groups. That's super important. Um, And just to bear in mind, like, this won't destroy your kid. It may be painful. He may lash out. He may say unkind things. It may hurt. Um, But it's not going to ruin his life. Um, And even if it's hard right now, I think it's still important and necessary work for you to do. Uh, I don't think there is a version of this where you stay successfully closeted and married to your husband forever um, and that that's good for you and your husband and your son. Um, And so I do think that it is worth doing the work that you are doing right now. Um, And to also just bear in mind, it's going to take a while. And 16-year-olds are often really shitty. um, And if he's shitty about this, don't feel like that means you are a monster um, or should stay with your husband for the next 20 years. Um, that's just, it comes with the territory. 16-year-olds are already going through a lot, through a divorce and coming out on top of it. Um, his response may not always be ideal, um, but if you guys can, you know, try family counseling, um, try some PFLAG meetings, um, be as loving and kind as you can while also maintaining a certain sense of, like, this is my life and I do need to be able to make decisions, uh, especially, like, at 16. Like, he's not a, a little kid anymore. That doesn't mean he's not important to you, but you can't base all of your decisions on your 16-year-old anymore. Like, he's becoming an adult, um, and and you guys need to start doing that work of, um, uh, like, detaching. And not detaching, like, goodbye, float off into space, see you never, but... Um, you know, you can't you can't base your future romantic re- relationships around what your teenage son wants. Whew. Wow. It's hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. It is. It is. And and, and I don't think it's going to get awesome tomorrow, but I also do think that you guys are on a good path um, and it will get better for all of you um, slowly and with time. Steve, we did it. Wow. From birthday spankings to our own deaths to dishwasher buttons and... Uh, uh, coming out, we we handle it all from first to last. Yeah, I feel like you could probably just the podcast now could just end. Like it's all good. We Absolutely all. not. Now I got to get through everyone else in the credits. I got to get our theme music composer Robin Hilton. Oh, I got to right. get Andy Bowers, the chief content officer at Panoply. Oh, um, that guy. Somebody from iTunes. I got to get Audrey in. She's sitting no. right across from me, and she's like shaking her head no. So I guess that she's not going to come on the show, but I think she should. Oh, I think she should too. Well, Steve, um, thank you. This was it's fantastic. a great experience. Absolutely, it makes me feel like uh, it helps me be. A, I'm just going to sound really cheesy. Go for it. Bear with me. I'm yeah. being vulnerable. Good. It. I f- I feel like a better person. Oh, you know? like, absolutely. Every Tuesday afternoon, minutes, I feel like a pretty yeah. good guy. You take a few minutes to like think about other people's problems, mm-hmm. and it makes you realize that hey, you know what? Things are going okay for me, and I should be more <laughs> grateful about it. Uh, and also, I feel bad for these folks who are having trouble right now. And yeah. I'm glad that I, hopefully I was helpful, and you were helpful, and we all helped them, but yeah. I, I maybe not. Yeah, and someday it's going to be did. my turn in the shoot. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, I'll cut, and then hopefully I'll, I'll do a voicemail to you, and you can help me. Absolutely. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I hope we get to have you back on sometime soon. Thank you. Listeners, uh, before we close out for the day, uh, I want to take my turn on the wheel of time um, and acknowledge that while at present I am the person saying, come join us in the future, we don't spank as much as we used to, um, that my day will come when I will be saying to my uh, grandchildren, you know, we used to do something when I was young. We threw people in pools and they'll be horrified. Or I'll try to explain that we used to drink cow milk and they'll say, you did what to cows? And I'll say, well, we... 
you know, uh, manually masturbated bulls and then annually impregnated cows and then took away their calves and 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 we drank the milk that was intended to to turn baby cows into full-size cows. And we did that pretty regularly and sometimes we made cheese out of it. And I, I have a feeling uh, our grandchildren uh, are going to look at us and say, that is just twisted, perverse, uh, horrifying, and I can't believe you did it. And I'll be like, Yes, but cheese was very good on pizza. Um, and, and they're not going to like that answer. And I'm going to be the person at parties who's saying, like, cheese was a good idea. And all the, like, beautiful vegans of the future will be like, you're weird, grandma. And I'll be like, oh, but I'm too old to change. Um, and I'll just, like, be in the corner thinking about cheese. Um, so the point is, I know time is coming for me too. The day will come when I will say, this thing was normal when I was 17. And other people will say, that has no bearing on what we do right now. And I'll say, but it should, because I'm the only person who's ever really existed. And no one else will want to hear that. So I am ready and waiting for the universe to spin that wheel and send me down the chute of history. Um, my day will come. Thanks for listening to Dear Prudence. Our producer is Audrey Dilling. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts, and Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of Panoply. Andy, if you're listening, why don't you come on the show? Remember, you can always hear more Prudence by joining Slate Plus. Go to slate.com slash plus to sign up. If you like this show, please go to iTunes and write us a review. If you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327- and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short, 30 seconds, a minute tops. By the way, I'm not like advocating for any of us to start or stop consuming dairy products. Um, I just, I think it's really weird, right? Like if you ever sit and think about how we utilize dairy products, it's weird. Like you have to acknowledge, even if you love it and you think it's fantastic and you like eat cheese five times a day, you're like, it's weird that we do that to cows Um, and like not other animals. Like if someone tried to give me a glass of pig milk, I know I'd be horrified. And it's like, why? Why do I distinguish between the milk that pigs produce and the milk that cows produce? And the answer is like, conditioning um sorry this is like the kind of conversation you have with your high roommate like sophomore year of college who's like do you ever really think about like why we drink milk man like what's that about so uh you know please enjoy hearing it from me a sober 30 year old weirdo anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.